Open it up. All right, I brought it. No oldie but a goodie. Welcome back to the Keen Light Podcast, the premier whiskey podcast with now the mention of whiskey in its title. Don't forget to say that it's actually in the title, Jake, because we didn't have it in there for a while. Hey, this is your host, Jake Hookie, on a lovely, lovely Chicago rainy day afternoon from the Fountainhead <laughs> Roof Deck Garden. After, uh, gosh, almost I, four months of recording I, up here, we finally have I, a bad we, day, bud. I know, I know. I was, I was thinking about that this morning. Like, we had... How many how many episodes have we done up here? Eight was, to was, ten? Oh, more than that. More, yeah. It was like it was th- that. I think the hundredth episode was our tenth or eleventh. Okay. One, so fifteen ish. Yeah, yeah, and we have been blessed with great weather throughout. Right. Uh, not a rainy day in all of them, and uh, now we're yeah we're in we're in the midst of fall, but there's uh we got a, one of the tarps down up here, and you know I uh I like fall weather, all things being equal. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I all things agree. aren't equal this year, <laughs> yes, but. Uh, all things aren't equal starting today, even more. Yes. Uh, Wilson is not with us, and neither is Callum. But Callum, or Wilson said he would try to come here about, let's say, 15 minutes from now. So All we'll, right. we'll hold him to it. Yes. But back with hold us today is oh, this little lovely little outfit out of Maryland. Um, pride themselves with triangles. I think diamonds. Diamonds. diamonds three diamonds. 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 Three diamonds. She's got diamonds in her eyes. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's a song, but I'm singing it. So it's a Maryland thing, not a Sagamore thing. It is a Sagamore thing. It is a Sagamore. It's a Sagamore, yeah. Sagamore, yeah. Sagamore so. spirits here with us today, Bob. Yeah. With the lovely and one and only Brett W. Bauer. Brett R. Bauer, but I'll take the W. W. <laughs> Good afternoon, gentlemen. Winning. Oh, got it. I like it. How yeah. Was the, the how's di- your drive in from Detroit? It was lovely. There's many parts where visibility was probably almost ten feet. Mm-hmm. And wow. uh, it rained the whole time. Lots of truckers. It's a lovely five and a half hour drive. Yeah. It might have taken five and oh, I, I stop for right. gas, et cetera. Yeah. Rain, yeah. yeah. Um, you do that drive from Ann Arbor. It's an early rise. It's not, uh, it's not a very exciting drive. <laughs> <laughs> Usually I stop in South Bend and see, see an account there called LaSalle Grill. Okay. Um, LaSalle Kitchen and Grill. The, the, the good partners of ours. And, um, it's right in downtown South Bend. Okay. I've been there a long time. and. If I can do it right, I'll stay at the Blue Chip as well um, because they carry um, us down to the steakhouse, William B's. Oh, nice. So it's the first time I've gone all the way up and all the way back without breaking it up. Gotcha. Usually I break it up on the way up and break it up on the way back. Um, is is that on campus in South Bend? It, downtown. Downtown, so, okay. Yeah, not, not far from campus, right, but okay. more of the older downtown gotcha, area. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, so a little bit further from the football stadium and things like that. Okay. Not a very big town. Yeah, my um, sister went to uh, St. Mary's. Oh, so okay, cool. Was, uh, yeah. Rudy. There and, what's that? So did Rudy. <laughs> what? Uh, well, he marries the girls only. Yeah, he was yeah. St. Mary's is the all is the all uh, female school in Notre Dame. It was, yeah, it, we, all, it was a joke. But uh, I grew up uh, grew up going to visiting her sure. and all that, so somewhat familiar. I yeah, knew. when we started, I, uh, oh, go ahead. No, nothing, I, I had nothing to share. When we started, uh, much like Fountainhead was our, our, I think our first feature and our, one of our very first partners when Sagamore launched in Illinois. Um, South Bend was probably one of our biggest. Um, supporters right huh. right right when we launched the morris inn which is where all the uh <laughs> the lovely sounds of the, hey it's the duties of your life hey, yes sorry guys no worries. i'm skipping my duties to be here but you know what you go ahead and answer that nice big guile t-shirt by the way i like that this is old oh, nice. that's these, old these yeah these were the originals. originals they're still so damn comfy kevin bring them back bring them back kevin <laughs> so the three diamonds come from sagamore racing um oh, that's right yeah the, the horses that um Vanderbilt's had had diamonds on there, yes. silks. So then we stole that and, and used the three of them for the farm and um, throughout kind of all the Sagamore companies, um, which you see on our logo, right. on our caps, on the on the label, and kind of hopefully one day you'll see three diamonds like you see the apple now and you don't think the fruit, you think the tech company. You'll see three diamonds and you'll think Sagamore. 
lofty dreams. Hey, we'll get there one it. day. Someday. Not today. No, no, not today. Yeah, as we uh, rolling in here on October 22nd. That sounds right. 23rd. On a Friday, we are now revising um, all of our COVID guidelines and going back to uh, no indoor dining for most of the, basically all of Chicagoland, I would say, would be a fair statement, which is a real bummer. It's um, devastating to so many of the people that we've had on the show, people that we work with on a daily basis, and then also for our individual brands, it's not the best thing in the world either. Um, but places like Fountainhead now are reduced to about seven to eight, seven tables or so. Um, you know, they're gonna, they can do indoor dining, fortunately, because they do serve food. And if you serve food, you're allowed to have people. But now last call is at 9 p.m., Nine, yep. which is just feels like a very drastic measure. We, uh, we've only gone backwards um, as a state, I guess, in COVID cases. But now we're going backwards in, I feel, our individual freedoms being taken away from us. It's interesting. And I think the timing of it is... Um not coincidental. Um, oh, hopefully we're speaking to our future selves that are right. still alive and well right. with internet and electricity and right. and everything else. Um, November 9th. As um, we release this for Friday, the thir- Friday, the 13th. Friday the 13th has come up, but the world might look very different between now and the time this is released. But um, but no, it's possible. I, the water yeah. will be on fire. Could be. Uh, still on fire. It's just True. spreading. Yeah, on the West but, Coast. But, you know, I saw the thing. I forget the name of the chef. Um, not Rick Bayless, but maybe another Bayless that posted for DuPage County and, and all the outbreaks by where. Yeah. And I think restaurant industry was 0.2% out of their 4,000 cases. And 85, 80% was um, old folks' homes, retirement homes. And, right. And that was eye-opening to me because it's, it's sad and, and it's terrible that they're high risk. But I feel like let's put funding into getting them into hotels, the people that are mobile enough. Let's space out the ones that, yeah. that aren't. Let's find some vacant buildings and nursing to allow those people the best chance to survive this right. while in the meantime the rest of us that are being responsible and doing the right stuff let us the numbers seem to show where we're not harming anybody yeah so like, mobilized by using intelligence where we're separating we're, we're studying the numbers where you can divvy into them enough where you see the cases are how do we implement plans to resolve those issues but still have our personal liberties, have our bars and restaurants open, have people still working as long as they possibly can until the winter does really come and shut things down for a long standpoint, which could be three, four, maybe five months for a lot of places, and actually do something intelligent by studying the data, which we don't do. I feel like you're just saying 2%. Two, two yeah, it was like 2%, yeah, I think because I saw. And that, that, speaks to, that speaks volumes to the individuals like Bob and Fountainhead that run a safe program and have been running a safe program ever since things opened back up in June. Give them a fair chance to actually be there to support not just themselves, but also the community around you. Now Bob's calling people. I mean, sorry if I had to air your laundry out here, Bob. No, no, no. no. I mean, like, uh, you, you have to go now call your reservations She's at nine at 7 no, o'clock because you can't honor their 7 o'clock reservation because the last call is at 9 o'clock. Right, yeah. yeah. Uh, I just uh, was just got off the phone with the reservation that we had that somebody had made a reservation at 9 p.m. And now I, we legally cannot sell. We, are, you know, we, can't, right. or we can't sell past 9 p.m. and have to close at 10. So now... And now, because of the weather, and you know, it's, it just gets straight now. So I have to call them and see if they want to take a seven o'clock reservation, move the day. Um, yeah, I mean that. You know, every yeah, day, every day, there's there's something different and a new restriction that's put on us, and um, it's it makes it it makes it very very tough to uh, to keep going. And it only shines a negative light on you with every individual call. I'm now I'm hoping people are they understand. They're, they're totally they're understandable because um, out of your control. Yeah, totally yeah. out of control. Let me talk about when we this. I think it's the third time I've been on during all this, and in the beginning, Fourth. talked to, during 
COVID. Lockdown? Jeez. Yeah, you and Brian were on one time. You were on with Wilson and I. And, and then, then you the were with head. Jess, yeah. Or, oh, and then after Epigile. the Fountainhead. Right, but then after we did the event, oh. <laughs> the American Whiskey, yeah, or the World count. of Whiskeys. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> we were still here. Bob was only sober when we started. <laughs> you still released yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, I still released it on a Friday. Tucked it into a Friday. But talking Just like the NFL. <laughs> but talking about rain on, a, on, a, on that original situation is yeah. what do you do when, mm-hmm. yeah, sure, it's 80 degrees, 90 degrees, but what happens when it rains? There's places that can't open at all. Now yep. we've got cold plus rain, plus we're back to the nine o'clock. And it's, it's to me, it's why let a few people that aren't following ruin it for everybody. Yeah. And, and I've been places and next door to each other where somebody wasn't open outside at all or inside at all. Somebody very limited next door to that. You wouldn't even know anything happened. Exactly. And then next door to that, they're 2 a.m. And if you are wearing a mask, you're at, it almost feels like you're asked to leave. And right. It's like, Put that, that person in trouble. Exactly. That's the that's the situation. Is that they there are a few bad actors out there that it's it's just like anything else. But like, you know, there's a few bad actors that are ruining it, um, and that shine a bad light on the city of Chicago's bars and restaurants. And it's it's um, it's unfair to the people that have done it the right way and that care about their customers and staff safety. Um, and you know trying to work with the city and abide by the regulations and still do everything that we can do to be profitable in, in any capacity and then to just get shut right back down without any assistance, without any guidance, without there was one stretch where they were going around checking bars, but they're not even doing that. No, they're, right? they're, you they're, know? they're policing well, all this umbrella statement. Yes. Know, or umbrella, uh, I guess, because um, method. Th- yeah, because they won't spend the money on just putting putting people out in the streets. I would rather have people from the city at these places that are that people are hearing about them packing their restaurants or bars not separating having groups of 15 to 20 people um, at one table right next to another table for like put put boots on the streets and have people check in I, I was we were ready for it the entire summer right right have them come in with tape measures and measure our tables I don't I, you know yeah, right. let's, let's do it we do it, um, do it safely so instead of them spending the money on their resources, they're just hurting the. Pl- they're just hurting small businesses. Yeah, and I, I hate how our government officials are on TV saying we're gonna make all these budget cuts because we're reviewing, we're doing issuing a new budget here in Chicago, and you're complaining about the layoffs are gonna happen within the government um, space, but at the same time you're closing businesses, so you can't complain. And then you yeah. want to raise taxes? Yeah. Like, excuse me? Like, right. so we don't have we don't have money. Not me. I should, I'm thankful to have a job. Then this podcast brings in tons of money. So, so. <laughs> rich baby. Watch out, Joe Rogan. Yeah, exactly. We're like coming. Th- that that billion dollar Spotify deal is just around the corner, fellas. I'll share it with everybody. Coming Any listener who's out there. Um, but you can't complain about making uh, having these layoffs. People not going to make money. You're going to raise taxes. People have been out of work for six to seven months. Some people, mm-hmm. bartenders are just coming back to work and now are getting essentially furloughed again. again. And you want to raise taxes and you're complaining about it? Well, you can't have it both ways. And, and the way that, and it's just, uh, I feel for. So that's why I said, fuck you, Chicago. In the, in the restaurant industry, that yeah, you were. A lot of people have been on unemployment for months, and then finally they're able to get back to work. And they get off unemployment. Now they have to go back and refile again automatically. And and there's so few jobs that are that are op- that are available right now because um, whether it's taverns or bars or brew pubs that can't can't serve inside now especially going into the winter um you know there's or places that are closing they're just so limited opportunities for thousands of people in the hospitality industry it's a 
I was talking to a bartender yesterday. She just got a new job. She started three weeks ago. It's she lives in the opposite side of town um, from where the bar is. It's not really an easy bus ride or train ride. So she ended up buying like a cheap car. It was like I can afford this car now. I have my job back. And then literally the day next day, it's like oh bars are closing. And then people like you, the purveyors, have thirty six hours to figure out what you're gonna do. Yeah, yeah. that's your heads up. Thirty six hours. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Lori. Yeah, it's. Uh Hey, but Brett, what are you drinking? Yeah, let's, <laughs> let's talk about some positive things yeah. coming out of Maryland. Well, talking about how um, Fountainhead was one of our very first partners in Illinois, and, and since you guys have tasted through pretty much the entire portfolio, I tried to grab something. I didn't think Jake had tried at least, and that is yeah. our oldie but goodie Muscatel finish. Mm. Um, Muscatel being a fortified Portuguese grape. Um, I think we ended up using 18 barrels and, and aged okay. the whiskey in there. I want to say eight months. It haven't. We haven't had it for a while, so we're right, yeah, a little yeah, rusty that, that, on it. Yeah. But um, one of my favorite things we ever made, and, and as, as we've grown and gotten older, we've definitely become known for our finishes. You know, we have a Manhattan finish RTD mm-hmm. out that we tried a couple yeah, episodes ago. Featured in episode 93. Oh, episode 93. Um, that is sitting shelves now, and, and before that, a, a Calvados finish, Cognac finish. I, I would love to have seen how this one would have fared now, um, where, where I don't have to explain... <laughs> why I don't work at Wyoming whiskey anymore? <laughs> what Sagamore Spirit is? What a Maryland style rye is? And then what mm-hmm. a Muscatel is? And that's really hard to do in the five to six minutes you might get <laughs> right. um, in selling to somebody. And, and, Certainly. And obviously, the the, the core um, signature eighty three and Casper were the priority at the time. Now Double Oak's in that core, so um, it's fun now. Like I showed this to a couple of groups in, in Michigan over the last couple of days, and they're blown away by it. And um, so maybe we'll come back one day. Uh, yeah. we'll I, rem- I remember when uh, when this came around and tasting it. And it's it's great. I again uh, more experimentation and more growth and just trying to do different things and having different lines is is great for um, for for brands in, in America. I think right. it's I think it's uh, I think it's fun and certainly can even just like get people into what Moscatal is right. and what what wine is right. and, and other spirits and learn just more about the process of, of barrel maturation or barrel finishing, what it does to the product. Uh, it's really cool. Something that, that you guys have been doing very, very well for, for years now. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. Thank you. Appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. We're excited to see um, what's next. We did a tequila just in Texas. We have a soft Blanc that just came out at the distillery that I haven't tried yet, but uh, I hope finish will soon. In that? Yeah. Oh, nice. Um, so a lot of R&D stuff, a lot of little stuff. So we'll see what the next big one is. Um, TBD, that'll be in the spring. Do um, uh, I'm not, I don't think I've ever had a Muscatel I've, uh, wine, actually. Um, do you know the flavors that usually come out of that, either of you? Uh, like plum, deep, okay. deep dark raisins, a lot okay. of what you'll kind so of like So like the leathery here. issue, that's where this leathery scent's coming from. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, to me, I always feel like this little granular is the word I use a lot. Like, I oh, okay. like brown sugar notes. Oh, I can see that. I mean, I I've only nosed it, so. I almost feel it on my palate, which is kind of mm. cool. Feel um, it, baby. Feel <laughs> it. <laughs> and again, I, I, I think this is one of the one of my favorites of all the releases in general, let alone the, the finishes, the Reserve Series, Second World Reserve. Um, I just, the timing, I think, might have been a little off to give it its full potential. But it's a fun thing to pull out every once in a while. Um and like I said, the people that try it now, who I don't have to explain all those other things. Right. <laughs> I, now I can just talk about the product. Um, we get a little bit further into it. And I just thought it'd be a fun thing to taste out ahead mm. of, um, I think, what will be our fifth Friday the 13th this nice. week. Um, as, as everybody knows, we celebrate every Friday, Friday. But yeah. on the 13th, we opened May 13th, which was, Friday. A, was a Friday. Today's Friday. Well, today is Friday. Mm-hmm. But not when the, the world hears this. <laughs> <laughs> They'll hear it on Monday. Right. 
So it's it's a little bit of both. But we're celebrating happy Friday, Friday, right? We're we're celebrating and uh, happy Friday, Friday the thirteenth in a few days right. from this release. Um, this one's a little bit different. Usually we do um, activations throughout the on premise, um, do some tastings with some discounting in the off premise. Um, so here we'll do things like this. A few, hopefully, a handful of virtual things. Yeah. Um, some some fun stuff through social, um, and I, I think we've got a few partners in the off premise that are doing a few things. We've got our first barrel select. Private barrels oh, are hitting the market heck yeah. here. Um, off premise in, in in the north side was oh, first. Adam Bowen. Adam, yep. Yeah, and nice. then we got Binnie's has got a couple coming. Um, another one in Kenwood. Another one at the stock room. So. Oh, we got a stock um, room. Nice. Yeah, they so, bought one. Okay, cool. I was there when Jess was, tra- was tasting it out with uh, yeah. Z. Nice. So, yeah, that'll be who I met here. Um, but that'll be the first round of our seven-year-old. It's, it says six, but most of it's seven-year-old, 110-proof barrel select. So that'll be fun. And then, um, believe it or not, we're giving away a barrel of whiskey to one lucky winner. That's um, what I hear. So uh, 240 bottles um, for legal reasons and moral issues to make sure we're on the right side it'll be the cash equivalent there you go um but keep an eye out on our social channels and at your local stores and, and some table tents if if bars and restaurants are still open so just um, for you people out there you don't actually get a barrel of whiskey right you don't actually get 240 bottles of whiskey you get the cash equivalent of such yep. and then an empty barrel which you can fill up with some whiskey or beer and then Ooh. a trip to baltimore to our distillery nice uh, with the taste team. i love and that um, you know, yeah, hopefully you take some of that money and, and buy some whiskey for some friends and Fuck yeah. and celebrate Sagmore. Um, so it'll be really neat. It should be a fun, a fun little contest. Is that a national contest? Yep, it's national. It's uh, through a QR code, which, again, you'll see through our social and, and you'll see in table tents and posters at stores and stuff like that displays. Great. Um, where you just do it just like with a menu. Throw your phone at it. It'll pop up with the entry form and then there'll be a lucky winner. Unlimited you entry. to Baltimore? Uh, yeah, it includes a trip of Baltimore. Let's go, Bob. Um, yeah, I'm down. The empty barrel. We'll put it on our Keenan Lake travel list. Yeah, there we go. I think you get one entry per probably email address. <laughs> probably a good idea because there's a lot of people out there, and yeah. I, you know who I'm talking about uh, that like to maybe put 150, 200 entries into contests. So, hey, you know what? I don't care. But, uh, we, um, Wilson, can you, uh, he's not here. Can you please get that Union Horse shirt so all about the tumbler can have her uh, Key in the Lake gift <laughs> prize sent to her? So, Wilson, who's not here right now, if you're listening to this in the future, please get that to me ASAP, medium or large. And so oh. for this, uh, it's at 101.2 proof. Mm-hmm. Brett, do you happen to know what, what this goes into the barrel at, roughly? One million. Most of our regular... Whiskey, our high rye and our low rye go in at about 120. Okay. Come out about 114. Okay. And then if threw this into the Muscatel barrels, probably added definitely added some of our spring water. Right. And brought okay. it down to 101. It seems gotcha. a lot of the reserve series have been between 100 and 103. Okay. Yeah, um, that's what I kind of. Because I think the Manhattan's that, yeah. 103. Calvados and Cognac were both 101. Port is as well. Just coincidentally, that's just kind of right. a sweet Where spot it, for them. Right. Yeah. Very cool. Um, with that high corn content from the low rye. So. Nice. Okay. Um. Yeah, we triple distill. I think it, we start at 135, then 130, then go in at about 120. Hmm. Okay. Um, and you go down to 110? Come out about 114. Okay. And then, yeah, come cast rinks 112, usually 112 and 112, 13. Nice. Just do a barrel rinse with that spring water. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, it's pretty neat. And then our signature, we bring down all the way to 83. Right, right, right. Um, which makes it really light, approachable, and very um, entry-level rye, a very approachable agree. whiskey. I love it when I get bourbon drinkers who are like, I don't like rye. I'm like, Wait! Right. right, you're the person I was looking for. Yep. Come here. Yeah, there's a. I think it's a growing conversation where rye should be 
getting equal to where bourbon's at um, on our palates and popularity because there's so much diversity in rye coming out. And I think a lot of people would argue, I don't know if I necessarily agree with this, but um, Bourbon Rye Club, Chris Blantner, Urban Bourbonist, Mikey, uh, they would probably argue that there's more complexity overall in in diversity in rye versus bourbons uh, when it comes to flavors, profiles. Maybe. I don't know. Um, I can see, yeah, according can to Cal Modano, all bourbons taste the same. same. <laughs> so uh, I guess if you're going with Kelly, that. Kelly, Kelly leans in that direction, too. I Kelly <laughs> also <laughs> does. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Woman Who Whiskey, you're dead to me. <laughs> Abelauer, Chicago, you're dead, dead. to me. Um, no, don't, because you're helping me out a lot. Women who whiskey, not Calm. <laughs> but it, it is it is a conversation. I, I started drinking rye. That's kind of what was my gateway was Templeton rye, um, living in Iowa and such, and having some family legacy may or may not have been bootlegging it at some point in the past. But uh, then I just switched over to bourbons. I don't know what it was about. I, maybe it's a sweeter sweetness to bourbons that I like more, more that creamier, um, those caramel notes you're always kind of searching for, vanilla notes in bourbon. But when I have your rise and, you know, like uh, Journeyman Rye was one of my first craft whiskeys that turned me on to drinking craft whiskey. It's you kind of I kind of forget about it and put it to the side and neglect it for lack of a better term. And when I come back to it, that's why I love having you guys on because there's always such uh, – interesting and unique flavors coming out of your barrels uh barrel program when you're doing those different finishes into it it's never it's always it's always a pleasant surprise we were walking cool. ourselves through the port finish um like two weeks ago and we were uh, tasting it alongside uh union horses new port finish oh nice which i'm not sure if i should be saying that but um we were <laughs> and i was we were just comparing it theirs was a little more juicier and i was like what is it in the, in the sagamore that i find so appealing and then wilson's like I taste like a little, I, like earthy notes to it, and he's like, "There's something like smoky." It's like tobacco. Oh, tobacco is it, and I, yeah. I just love that that flavor to it. A little bit of uh, a leathery taste, which mm-hmm. you kind of get some different yeah. leathery, more fruity notes in this one. I um, that one. I get more of those like earthier notes, but grainy too. And uh, and what, what we're drinking right now, but the port finish, it's it's just delicious as well. Do you have uh, not that I want? You know, you don't don't feel like you have to indulge your secrets, yeah. but hi friends. The, the, Oh, thank you. Presents. Is it grilled cheese? That is a grilled cheese with guac and a burger from there the Bar on Buena. Ooh. Nice. Yes. Love that place. Yes. Love that place, too. Uh, do you have a personal barrel finish, whether that's Mascotal or Port? Or do you, mm. have, do you have a personal one that you like the most? They're all, they're all my little babies. I love them equally. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, pick a favorite child. Um, I would say the Muscatel. You know, oh, yeah. I keep going right. to revisit it. Um, I thought I had a few more bottles, and it turns out I do, which mm. I think is a sign of I went to it a few yeah. more times. Demos! During uh, COVID. Tradesy. Um, yeah. Then originally realized. Um, yeah, you know, I, the Calvados is really interesting, um, and it was fun. The port I liked a lot. Um but uh, the tequila, I have not tried the bottled version. I tried some samples kind of ahead of time. Yeah, yeah. Um, so curious to see that in the bottle. Um, but yeah, I put some muscatels probably. Dude, I, I love it. <laughs> probably my favorite. And it's fun to revisit. And, and I, when I run into it in stores now, I kind of out of my own pocket grab a, grab a bottle and snuggle it away. Beautiful. Just uh, so it's always there. Nice. I know. I, I think it's, it's one of my favorite Sagamores. I mean, the Manhattan was. Just right up my alley, the Manhattan finish. Um, but I guess I'm quite, I would probably lean to that more putting in a cocktail 
than maybe drinking it more neat. Where this one, I'm just going to be all day sipping this one. Sure. And uh, you can also put a rock on this one. I think it probably would come out pretty well as, um, in taste and flavor. Not, the, not dilute it too much. No, uh, and I drink most everything on, on a big cube yeah. after I start with it. Maybe I've been doing this thing lately where I get a Glencairn and then a, rocks gla- a rock, and then I'll start neat and then pour it over. It's been kind of a fun thing, especially I've been trying things um, outside of Sagamore. Uh, and, like, I was trying some Michigan stuff last night, Catcher in the Rye and oh yeah, something Widow Bourbon, Widow, not Widow Jane, but something else from somewhere made in Detroit. Um, it was really kind of a fun way to taste through some stuff. And um, I've drank plenty of this on the rocks. Um, I do like this one probably more neat than anything else in the portfolio just because of that fruity, leathery, plumish, Again, I always get the, say granular brown sugar, and I don't know yeah. if that makes sense to anyone else but me. Right. But it's my tasting notes, yeah. so it doesn't yeah. need to make sense to anyone yeah. but me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, but Detroit City Distilling, yep. they make a nice homegrown rye. I like I like their rye. It's, yeah, it's pretty solid. They came it? they came into Coval when they first like got started, yeah. and uh, they came to the store, and I was working over there. And like, is this your distillery? Because it's not our distillery anymore. Well, at the time it wasn't. And I'm like, no, but they got to try some of the early on samples. It was, I think it was all. I don't think anything was aged yet, at least what I tried. And it was really interesting to see how they grow. And I love their Instagram as well. I love their, what they do for marketing-wise. I went to a place called Sugar House in um, Corktown, Detroit. Nice. Yeah, no, a whiskey bar. That's good. And uh, they had this thing called the Bad Idea. And they're like, you yeah, got to try the Bad Idea. Do. And I'm like, oh, but it's Sugar called. Sugar House, Bad Idea. Yeah, I'm like, okay. Sounds like old school Detroit. <laughs> with, with people I've never met before, right? So like, okay, well, I'll do the Sugar House Bad Idea. Like, <laughs> And what the it was, rep. They, had a, they had a 53-gallon Buffalo Trace barrel, and uh, barrel pick, right? Yeah. And had it bottled for them and everything. You know what? Why don't we pour it all back into the barrel? So they took their uh, individual, you know, their private yeah. select Buffalo Trace, put it back in the barrel, put it next to basically the bathroom. On the way to the bathroom and outdoors, is a really small place. Um, so, And then, like, a year and a half later, like, hey, you guys know that barrel you've been walking by? Like, to the patio, to the bathroom. Yeah, well, we bottled it. That was our Buffalo Trace that we put back in the Buffalo Trace. We've called it the bad idea. And I got to tell you, it was awesome. That's a fun idea. I huh. think, I'm not sure if it's legal, but uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah, care. Do Whatever. Edit that part out then. No, uh, I, mean, no I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know Michigan law. Oh, yeah. 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 So, yeah. 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 We're, we're, <laughs> Allegedly, out, of, we're out of jurisdiction. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. We're no cops. Allegedly. Yeah. Prove it. <laughs> um, that's a, I love that idea, though. It I mean, was Even just doing it, I wouldn't know if I would do the whole barrel because I kind of want to sell some of it and get some of it out there. But putting half of it back in, that'd be kind of cool. Yeah. It was cool. That'd be a, fun. They had about 11 or 12 different picks. Russell's, a couple local ones. But it was really, it reminded me of our double oak. Yeah. Uh, yeah it picked okay. up a lot of the wood I, again. Right. Just when you're talking about that, throwing it back in the barrel, I think of a place like the Bar on Bueno where their basement um, Mm. is there's no heat or AC or anything in their basement, and the temperature fluctuation in that basement changes drastically between winters and summers. Not Chicago, right? Right, (laughs) and just like most basements do. But I was just just thinking about that, like yeah, it would be cool. Like throw half of the bottles back into a barrel, throw it back into the. Excuse me, basement at the Bar on Bueno, and let it sit there for another two years. Yeah, you can, and then pull. Well, that out see, right. you know, it's interesting. It'd be fun. Selfishly, I was thinking, well, what if you did that with Star Wars, where you brought the barrel, bottled it, brought the barrel back over here, and then put it back into the barrel? So the climates are so different. I mean, right. anywhere in the U.S. really, yeah. other than like Florida or something, um, it'd be kind of a, or Texas, I guess Southern Texas too, in Louisiana, but there. But uh, that'd be a really interesting concept yeah. to see what, how that would affect it, because we don't get a lot of wood to our whiskey in the first place, mm-hmm. but putting it back in there. After being barrel aged for four years in Melbourne and then bringing it over to the U.S. and doing it, let's try it. 
Dave, are you listening? Dave, are you there? Bueller? <laughs> my boss? Bueller. Then you should do, uh, do like a Lakeshore Drive version where we'll put the barrel in my minivan and drive up and down Lakeshore Drive a couple times. Yeah, that's a seafarer. <laughs> yeah, like, do that every day for a month. I will have to, I actually, I kind of forgot I had this. Um, we did a seafarer at, at Star Ward a couple of years ago. I'm pretty sure I have two of the last bottles of it um, where one of the one of the barrels stayed at bay um, in our distillery, which is pretty close to the docks actually in Melbourne. Then we sent it out for over two years around the world and came back and tasted it. I've never tasted it because I have these, there's only 375s of each bottle. And I found it the other day while I was kind of reorganizing my whiskey shelf because they're in this nice black case and mm. was kind of behind some other bottles and it'd be a nice bottle to share for a nice occasion. Yeah. Someday. Yeah, cool. Any Don't day. lose my number. We're going to also drink the, the 1988 president-elect for the Democratic Party, Jim Beam decanter, aged or bottled in 1980, uh, or excuse me, Distilled in 1980, bottled in 1988, in the shape of a donkey playing a drum. Really? So, Brett, be, be here. Some of those old ones you would know much, much better than I, but some of those old those old bean bottles are hilarious. Just I found one that was empty at, an, at a thrift store, mm. and it was from, like, 1970 or whatever. It's got a cowboy and a horse. Right. Uh, they're, they're, they're a riot. I, have a f- I think I have a handful. Um, yeah, people just kind of broke them after they drank them and yeah. threw them away, but we have... I think four unopened ones. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's cool. I mean, I don't know if any of them are any good. But right. We'll find they out. They certainly haven't haven't aged more. Although Ian, did Ian Stewart bring you a drink of the one he he had from like 1960? I don't. It was the first year Booker was master so. distiller. Really. And he found this at an estate sale. I don't know. Even, don't even know what the canter looked like, but it was a nine-year-old. He kind of like traced it back and figured it by a nine-year-old distilled this first year that Booker was uh, master distiller, and it was delicious. Really, probably, that's cool. Probably like eighty percent of the bottle still in it. Um, wow! Yeah, oh, wow. and it was it was nutty that, that beam nut, but it was like it was candy nut, so so tasty. Yeah. Kind of remind me a little bit of the old tub. What that's okay. what it tastes like? Yeah, I don't remember what we tasted. You had old tub. We tasted. I think we did. We taste it on one of the podcasts. I think I'm sure so. I brought he it. He promised to bring it to the episode with me. I think the week before. Okay. And then you guys had it. Yeah, I, I'm fairly yeah, certain. Yeah, I think. Yeah, you know, I think it was the first. I think it was the first one that we had uh, Chris on, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah that's right. We, right. Did. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. we did. Yeah, 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 we did. I ended up buying it in Missouri because I was listening to that episode. <laughs> what did you pay for it in Missouri? Eighteen ninety nine. I was going to say, I bet it was way Sweet. cheaper. <laughs> I think I sent you a note. Like, yeah, yeah, that's right. I would have buy this. I should? You're like, yeah. It's 20, 23 here. Nothing. Okay, that's not. No, 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 it's fine. It's very it, savory. Oh, yeah. It's a good way of saying it. Mike from the Fox Valley Whiskey Club brought that beam to, nice. uh, to a bottle share. I have a bunch in that shape, yeah. A while ago. It, oh, was, it yeah. was a hit. I mean, there's some good stuff, some, brought, yeah. but that one was the one that I, I kept and not just me. There's everybody. a, for like a, there's a new distiller out there. There's a, there's an interesting marketing. Like you just go old, you just, all of your bottles are, are in this like old retro sort yeah. of, sort of look what is to that? them. It's not ceramic. What is that? It's some of the P, right? That material. Oh, like, yeah. I don't remember. Right. That'd be kind try. of a, that'd be kind of a fun bottling yeah, line, you know. Get, the, that, get those. Stuff, like, I mean, it's probably it expensive. Yeah. If you do it now, right? Yeah. It'd be kind of cool to do it for your like, your city, at least. Right. Like if Koval did something for Chicago, mm-hmm. which we might have a Koval employee coming here soon. Well, what Ooh. is old is new again, right? So maybe maybe this should be our idea. The nineties like, fashion is back. Maybe yeah. we should just go oh. buy some FGP juice in a bottle. There we go, right? <laughs> maybe we should just do this out of the out of the market. There yeah. we go. Get yeah. uh, whatever that is. I Let's go find a barrel I don't of whiskey. Think ceramic. Maybe it is ceramic. That those is that what those are? 
I would venture to say that's probably fair. Mm-hmm. All right. Any ceramic experts looking for a new adventure, contact There's probably Jake. somebody out there. Yeah. Just get at me, baby. Just put a big Iowa Hawkeye in the sky. He'll Ooh, show up. Oh, charcoal. tomorrow. Yeah. I, that's it's great. wild, right? I love that charcoal. Yeah, like, actually see it. Charcoal. That's a kombucha we were drinking. That's wild. kombucha. But I enjoyed. Hard kombucha with uh, activated charcoal mm. in it. Now, do you have it's to good for your it? stomach. Like, they have. they suggest that you turn the can upside down before. Okay, you I serve wonder why it. you did that. Okay, and, and it's actually it's, it's kind of interesting. The labels yeah. double is uh, upside down or ups, right side up, depending on which way. So turn it upside down to activate it. Um, unlike a beer, it's not certainly not as carbonated, and then you just do a heavy pour on it like you would a nitro can or something. Nice, you know, and it's not gonna. Uh, obviously, it's a totally different beverage than a beer, so you're not going to be sitting with like all foam or anything like that. It's really interesting. It's really good. Those, the hard kombucha has been hit or miss for me. There's mm-hmm. been a couple I really liked, and then there's been a couple that just really missed the uh, mark. This for brand, me. Uh, June Shine, out of uh, Temecula, California, mm-hmm. I, I like oh, across the board. Um, they stand out to me. Shout out to Bob Egan. Nice. Yeah, there, there's some one out of San Diego area. I think in Chula Vista. It's called Nova. Okay. That's why I bought it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's actually, it's delicious. Uh, it's actually part of a brewery. I can't remember the brewery's name, but um, awesome. They make two hard, at least I've seen two hard kombuchas, uh, bitter pops, and okay. really, really tasty stuff, yeah. And it's certainly that, that sort of, this sort of beverage can can tap into cider drinkers. It can tap into sour beer drinkers. People like someone's got a little funk to it. So it's got a, at first, uh, I was a little skeptical on, on kombucha being able to have a place in Chicago. And I think... Before, too, the first kind of round of, of kombuchas that were coming out, the, the packaging, because mm-hmm. a lot of them were large-format bottles. Right, right. Um, they're hard to sell because you're selling them on a large-format bottle, so you got to have somebody that's going to commit to a 25-ounce right. bottle or something, and they are very aggressive, right, where these are they're at 6%. They're a little more you know drinkable. Yeah. They're more palatable, um, but yet still flavorful and, and unique. Did right? you think so, because the beer scene here is so strong, you have a hard place to fit in? Yep, I think so. I think the beer scene, and I got, and I think because of, I think mainly the the, the formatting of it, and they were they were just very aggressive in in flavor. Yeah. So you had to, you know, you, you had to really commit to a lot of education on that, mm-hmm. especially and, explaining and not cheap. No, no, it's true. true. They so I, th- cheap, I think, yeah. and just as more as like, I think, um, I think kim- regular kombucha mm-hmm. has sh- started to become more prevalent too. Right. Um, good for the gut, baby. Good for the gut, and you know, and you sort of your. Um, so I think that that then, and as over the last four years, as cider, starting even six years ago, has cider has become more popular. Kombucha kind of can gravitate towards cider drinkers, um, gluten free. So the, all those all those things kind of made it a little bit more. Now you can get it on draft. Yeah. Um, at a at an affordable price, I think so. All those things kind of helped uh, yeah. help the category grow over the last few years. What have you noticed? People have they switched their preferences in drinking already um, this season? Yep, and it happens very quickly. Right. Um, I mean, it could be seventy degrees one day, <laughs> yesterday, and then the next day it's like where are the stouts? Where's right. my stout on draft? But like a week ago, it was seventy-five all week. Right. Nobody would have drank a stout on draft, <laughs> you know. So it does happen quick, and that's that's part of Chicago, and and, yeah. and you know. So, um, so yeah, you, you we see it change pretty quickly. Hmm. Interesting. See the seasonality of of beer drinkers. Yeah, it's, it's um, funny how we uh, we're not afraid to change at all when it yeah. comes to eating or drinking. Yeah. Uh, which and, I which, and layering, which is. Um, 
one of the, at this point, few things that I really like about Chicago. But right, right. I have always loved uh, the seasonality of Chicago. Yeah. I love the season. I love seasons changing. Again, all things being equal, which they are not. But like, <laughs> I, I like having four seasons. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure. I mean, maybe Almost if I maybe if I lived in San Diego, I'm like, you know what? I actually like San Diego better because it's 75 degrees and sunny all the time. Right. But um, but I don't know. I, and I like the seasonality of, of the approach to food and and beverage too. I think it it keeps you keeps you on your toes a little bit. Brett, have you seen anything that you guys have transitioned to when it comes to marketing or focusing when it comes to virtual tastings or anything like that? The the dumb word of well not the dumb word the overword used of pivoting so far during the last five five six seven eight months for how long it's been this hell that we keep repeating yeah, uh, <laughs> and this cold drizzle We're falling on here. us but uh has anything you think worked better than others you know it's so obviously with everything going on in the on-premise we, yeah. we've focused a lot of our team which a lot of our market managers are on-premise focused people that was their they were hired to Same, yeah. get whiskeys of the month to get volume pours and and We'll take care of the retail through tastings and, and just price point, et cetera. So a lot of them have done a great job shifting. And then I think, and it's worked really well, knock on wood. Um, and I think a, uh, <laughs> another thing that has helped is is working with the right people through those, um, those virtual things and, and right. through the Zooms. And we've done, um, we've got a few of us that have, have done a lot of them. And that's why I was in Michigan. I met with three different groups. Mm. And then we're going to do three subsequent um, virtual tastings with Brian oh, cool. um, in the next coming weeks. I was giving them some samples, getting to know them, and we did one with the Bourbon Alliance. We've done one with Bourbon Lens, Bourbon with Friends, um, Bourbon in Indiana. I mean, the, the list, oh, is, yeah. and it seems like we're doing pretty regularly, and um, it, it's it's been fun, and it's a good way to get the brand out to people. It's a good way to get people to taste it, know what we are, who we are. Um, it seems like there's always someone in there that is familiar, and then some people that just quite aren't. Yeah. Um, and it makes for a good thing. And then to me, and it's been great, and, and I think we're going to keep doing them. To me, what I've challenged, and I think I brought this up on an episode before, but what I've challenged myself with and, and some of my team is when this is all said and done, because at some point it will all be said and done unless the world's on fire right now, November 9th. But we um, make it. If, if we made it um, and this thing gets over, I, I challenge us to keep doing it. And I think yeah. then you come up with the mold of, how do we do it in person with these people, but also still do them virtually and, and have a reason. It might not be, we don't have to do the whole core and the whole history of Maryland Rye every time. It's just a new release. Hey, guys, let's just hop on for a half an hour and, and talk about why we did this release, get you a sample of it early, um, and, and engage with these enthusiasts and, and right. these people that you know, I'm sure you're seeing a lot of the same. And, and No, I, and I every once in a while I'm sitting there you know, wanting to get, always be more educated on whiskey in general, not just, you know, not just my brand, not just our friends, or not just bourbon. Um, I always want a variety of knowledge to be somehow inputted into my mind. You know, I forget how much great content is on this podcast. Not because of me, not because of well, Wilson. Yes, mostly uh, you. Mostly, mostly Callum. Uh, it's I was hard just, to understand. I was, I was just accent. joking, but uh, having you know our friends on, having master distillers on, and going back, and I went back and was listening to our very first episode not too long ago. Sometimes I do that on a drunken Saturday night. Sure. Yeah, and it's nothing else to do. <laughs> I've listened to Keen Lake on drunken Saturday nights quite often. Uh, and we, we were talking about building a brand and how it's shifting to building a brand online versus the old school mentality of building a brand in the bar. And that's what we're doing. And I think it's so important what you said about continuing it mm. once we go back to normal. Because, I, I mean, it's, it's the virtual tastings, they're hit or miss, I would say. Yeah. Uh, or just, it's not that in-person experience. It's not that genuine, authentic 
excitement you have to go in front of people, at least what I get personally, and talk about whiskey, talk about my brand, and just be there with people who are like-minded or not like-minded, but you can get them there by the end of the night. And I think it's just harder to do that when you're not in person, but it's getting easier and easier, I would say. But relying on the people, uh, like you know, Bourbon Indiana, Bourbon Lens guys, um, I think it's so important because they're going to they're gonna be out there buying our brands or buying whiskey, at least, mm. for a long time. And it's not, we can't forget about them because they're building something that's completely different that existed for you know 200 years right. or 100 years at least over the bar and the whole retail experience and over the last couple of decades becoming such a prominent part of our of our of our cities seeing liquor stores all over the place right. and make, making that a big part of uh you know the economy here in chicago at least i mean that you can what there's like 44 bennies now in chicago land area yeah 40 yeah soon to be 45 and look how big our supermarket uh, whiskey selections yep. are now and spirit selections mm-hmm. overall our our marianos are basically craft beer hubs you yeah, know? yeah. It's really like, have. you know, I remember first moving here and Mariano's like, when, it, when Mariano's transitioned into Mariano's, you have a couple craft beers. Obviously, you have your Goose Islands and maybe like um, some founders sent over here and stuff like that, but didn't have the Beguiles and like the Ailmans who were right. on the other day um, lining up the shelves. Well, what's neat too is, I mean, I've been very fortunate. Things I've been passionate about throughout my life I always seem to coincide with really good people. Great. You know, 99, 98% of the people in this industry. Can I pour some more? Yeah, please. Uh, the people in this industry or the people that are behind those virtual groups or the, the whiskey societies and um, are, are such great people. I mean, I just spent two days with people I had met only through Instagram DMs. Um, and they welcomed me to their city. They introduced me to some folks. You know, we, we've got some good plans. And, and that doesn't happen in, I mean, I never worked in IT, but I don't think yeah. that happens in a lot of other industries. And what I'm excited to, to see how this grows, like maybe we do, you know, enthusiasts or influencer day at the distillery oh, once a year. And we, all these people that have joined in are welcome to join, join us there. And we do one giant pocket. Who knows what the case might be? Yeah. I mean, the options are endless. And the one fun thing about technology and, and I guess, if you want a silver lining to what's going on is it's really shrunk the world. I've drank whiskey with people from Lexington, Kentucky, the bourbon Alliance. They've got people in the Carolinas, Mikey down in, um, in Louisiana, all the way out to San Diego. um, I've been on with the beneath the char guys. We were on with them and they're in Colorado and and, and Pennsylvania. And it's just with all from the same seat. (laughs) I haven't had to go and do it, but then once we can start going and doing things with them, like, Hey guys, I'm in town. Want to record like we do right now. You want to just hang out. Um, you want to do it in a, a live event and, and yeah, I mean, the Nirvana would be sell everybody a barrel and it sells in five minutes and we, we, you know, we sell a bunch of cases of it, but it's right. more important than that. It's relationships and it's oh, just yeah. getting to know folks and, and spreading the enthusiasm and, and being beyond Sagamore, you know, just, oh, yeah. Cause their, their relationships they have built online are so tight knit, right? Like we have sold a barrel that was with a group and one of them is it's head by a whiskey influencer here in Chicago and people that aren't even a part of their group are like, can we buy a barrel of it? Just because they're interested in, mm. I don't know if it's our brand, but at least what she does, you know, with her group and like her, I guess, brand online. So they, they, believe, they trust her palate. They trust her point of view when it comes to choosing good whiskey to drink and obviously a barrel to buy. So it, and you just see the response. And that's so, I think it's so cool. We're kind of a part of that in a way. I try to, it's hard. I don't, I don't want to be inside of it too much because I am a rep. I feel right. like yeah. I have responsibility or uh, to keep a transparency of like, hey, when I go to talk to somebody through Key in the Lake, um, we start going. I'm like, I'm, I'm a Star Wars brand ambassador. I work for a distillery. I'm not like, I'm not just you guys who are enthusiasts and, you know, are doing something different in a way, but I'm not trying to like talk to you so you buy Star Wars. I'm trying to talk to you because 
I love whiskey. So we'll do a Sagamore Barrel. Keen Lake Sagamore Barrel. Then Fuck you're yeah. covered. Then you're total credibility. Dude, we're, we're, we've been uh, floating the idea of a Keen Lake Barrel. Yeah, we'll do Sagamore. Eventually we'll work a Star Wars in, but let's establish well, that credibility. We, we're thinking of doing a Star Wars one first. But nah, see, then you're, then you're just going to throw the whole what thing if we, off. What if we took some star, some Sagamore juice, flew over a, shipped over a Star Wars barrel and put it in there? All right. You got the, you'll got you cover the cost. You want to row it? We could row it together. Row that boat. Yeah, get in a boat with a barrel, you and me, and row off that we boat. go. Minneapolis. Oh, Minnesota. Yeah, that's gross. PJ Gophers, baby. PJ Fleck. You can keep Big Ten PJ starting. Fleck. Ooh. PJ, Big Ten starts in uh, four hours. Ooh. I got Illinois plus 19. Yeah. Plus 19. Oh, <laughs> what an opening Wisconsin. Badgers in, in Madison. Okay. I did ask for the Giants plus five, but I don't know how to bet. Uh, I haven't figured it out yet. Like... So I didn't I, get the bet. I I, uh, I took the Giants, but then I took the over. Oh. So I lost by a point and a half. Oh. Over under was forty four and a half. Oh. But we were doing a little gambling last night on the roof. Yeah, what was happening uh, up here, Bob? We were, a lot of excitement. Yeah, in the we were here. essentially doing like uh like, like strip cards, like a version of uh, yeah. Super Bowl squares. Yep. And uh, oh, I, I ended up winning two quarters off of Ross and the crew from Benny's. So I oh, actually nice. won. Take their I, money, baby. I won Take more on the Super Bowl, on like the square, <laughs> on like the numbers at the end like of the game the than I would have made on my bet anyway. So Hell it yeah. all worked out. I thought maybe you guys were Love all doing them. your best Daniel Jones impressions. Oh, yeah. was, 80% so of the way there. Trip. Oh, we that were was wondering. So we couldn't see. The, we always hear last night as well in the mm. corner, and we couldn't see the TV. And you guys started just going crazy oh. over here, like. Who's going crazy for you? A saw Giants it coming for Eagles twenty yards. It, oh, it was it was, <laughs> That's that all the was awesome. Uh, he did. They, that was an interesting set they threw up though. That he hit the top speed. Yeah, many quarterbacks yeah. since twenty eighteen. Yeah, since prior, right? I yeah. think or it was the longest touchdown run. It was the longest quarterback run without a score. Right. I think it was the longest quarterback run since Terrell Pryor. And then yeah, it was faster than Lamar Jackson, faster yeah. than all those guys. Yeah. Who did Terrell Pryor play for? He was a quarterback at Ohio State. I know that, but like, and then Cleveland? he was quarterback. Um, no, like, Cleveland. He was a receiver. He quarterback oh, for the Oakland. Raiders. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's right. Yeah, he got he drafted by the them. Games. Yeah. Yep. Got drafted so, by them and then transitioned to a wide receiver with the Browns. I think he had a 98, 99-yard um, touchdown as as a QB. Huh. Beautiful. Yeah, go figure. We're going to fight, fight, I was at, fight we for um, Iowa. No, We're going to cheer. You know, that's my uh, junior high. No, maybe grade school. One of my school's theme song is the same as oh, yeah? the Iowa one. Do you go, I? No, o- we, we do whatever. W. Our, hey. Maybe it was high school. I can't remember. I blocked it out as I do with most. This things is the to most uh, least anticipated I've ever been with college football, with Big Ten football. I don't even know who Iowa's quarterback is this year. No, that's never been. I, I, probably since I was six, I could name you the Iowa quarterback. Wow, maybe five. That one guy's in the NFL, right? Bethard. And his Bethard. brother's a Bethard. country music star. Yeah, and his other brother got killed. Yeah, stuff. I saw that. That's, you know, tough, tough, um, tough stuff. It's weird. Sports are weird. It's. I, I actually really enjoyed the bubble, the NBA bubble. Um, and I'm not the biggest NBA fan, but the up and down pace of it, I just really enjoyed. The end of it, I watched. Um, baseball, I watched. Just right. I don't know. Well, how these Dodger to. series have been great. Yeah. I mean, all of them through. So. But it's just been weird, and there's just such a social aspect missing to it too. Where yeah. It's just like you go to the game, you go to the bar. Like, it's there's no people there. You're at home. It's weird uh-huh. times. Yeah. They're all playing together. Like that's the other thing. It's like right. basketball, hockey, baseball. Yeah. What the hell? Word, word to the wise: nobody go out for the Bears Rams game on Monday night because you'll have to leave wherever you're at before the game's over. Oh, you're, oh. Right. you're right. Good point, Bob. But that will already have happened. Don't have to leave my couch. That will already have happened. There is no last what? call on my couch. Yeah, it's usually when I pass this out. This podcast doesn't come until November 9th. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but I like where you're Sorry. at. Yeah. How like could Oh, what a great Bears win yes, yesterday! Yeah. Wow, that, can that, you believe that, that happens? Man, that's just gonna kill. I just oh, that gets me so angry. Yeah. November 8th. Uh, um, yeah. 
We'll never forget the day Nick Folds threw to Mitch Trubisky on a seam route up the middle for a 70-yard touchdown. That'd be awesome. That was such a great play yesterday. That'd be awesome. That happened? I hope that happens. I love Nick Foles. Good for you. I sat next to his parents on a flight 13 years ago. Really? How did you know they were his parents? 12 years ago. They told me. (laughs) <laughs> like, like, hi, we're Nick Foles' parents? Pretty much. How are you? Yeah, pretty much. Sure. Uh, no, uh, it was after an Iowa game, the one he played for Arizona. Okay. And we were both flying back to Phoenix. I lived in uh, Santa Fe at the time and was connecting through Phoenix. And I sat next to him, and I'm like, they're wearing Arizona Wildcats T-shirts. And I'm like, well, I assume your son played on the team. I'm like, yeah, he's the quarterback. He came <laughs> in to end the game. I'm like, oh, he looks really good. And we sat up and talked for two hours, and... They showed me pictures of him and his girlfriend running on the beach together. That nice. was weird, but You should have cool. him on the podcast. I invited him. Oh, well, hopefully they take you up on There's that. a really big guest that we thought we are going to have on the podcast now that the communication has died down, unfortunately. Oh. oh. So, I'm like, I, I jinxed it, I guess. Jeez, Marty. You can come yeah, back Marty, on. Come Marty. Come yeah. on, Marty. Pick up Marty, the phone. Uh, when I saw Marty two weekends ago for uh, judging a whiskey competition, him, I think I'm going to head up to Journeyman tomorrow for the day. And he's like, hey, you should come up on October 20-something. I'm like, what? Well, it's like a Tuesday or Wednesday. He's like, yeah, but I have the whole place to myself. I have the whole 23-bedroom Airbnb attached. And I'm like, so are you inviting me to stay with you? He's like, no. I'm like, well, <laughs> why am I going to go up, Marty? He's <laughs> sleep an hour in each room. What's uh, going to happen with Journeyman now that they got sold? I'm curious to see if they streamline a little bit or keep – because they're opening up another – Operations distillery too, right? I think. Oh, are they? I don't know. So three seven five Park Avenue, I think, just bought them oh, a month right. ago. Yeah. Um, right. I think Bill's gonna sit back and enjoy life a little bit more. Yeah. He should. We'll do the selling part. They won't do the operations part. <laughs> Matt does that. <laughs> Matt and Tom. So I'm curious to see. It'll be interesting. Um, I see a lot of that brand when I'm in Indiana. Obviously, yeah. For obvious Makes sense. In, yep. in Michigan, but. Mm-hmm. What was Michigan um, like? Um, same weirdness where. The, the really nice cocktail bar, everybody had a mask on, don't wait in the lobby, wait out, you know, really small, can only seat your whole party, very well spaced out. Um, another spot where servers all had masks and, and spaced out. And then another spot where you wouldn't, you, you, like three different people I ended up sitting with walked in and all commented, I was the only person to wear a mask walking in here. It's like, well, yeah, but he did it too. And I yeah. did it too. And <laughs> no one else in this building even has a mask, right. including the people working there. Wow. And it was like, and, and it was, it was full. I mean, it was seat to seat, you know, nothing was spaced out. And it was again, and that's why I think we keep getting into these pickles is you get these people that act like nothing's different. Right. And then you get people that act as well as Bob and, and the team here have done. And it's like, why, 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 why set the example, set the bar high? It's almost rewarded to be reckless and make money while you can yeah. uh, if this was all coming anyway. And that's, I mean, whether it be state by state rules or just, again, walking distance in, in, in a certain suburb, four bars, mm-hmm. I can walk to them all. Each one's different. Yeah. Um, from totally rigid to like nothing's happened. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Well, if all four, we just meet in the middle and right. do it. Right. The reasonable way we're done with or this just, thing just, and just wear a fucking mask right like, like, it's not that hard so down detroit was weird i mean it was empty a bunch of four wheelers and two wheelers or three wheelers like on the regular roads um right. it was cool got my conies in though that was always good gotta nice. get some yeah, conies yeah. in when you're up there yeah um yeah, it is so strange that the irresponsibility that others have and it's i would say in chicago it's a a small group compared to the overall overall um bar and restaurant scene yeah, uh, every place I've no. been to. Well, I guess I do coordinate where I'm going for work based on do I trust that account a lot. So the ones I go to are safe about it, um, take the the measures. They don't go over capacity, but 
I guess there's other ones that don't. And unfortunately, those few uh, small bad actors ruin it for everybody, yeah. which isn't fair. I mean, it's not fair at all because we can we can be more intelligent about it, as we were just talking about at the beginning of the podcast. It's not that hard. Oh. It shouldn't be that hard. But we uh, make it more difficult than – well, I find it, it's not more difficult. It's just easier for them to focus on, well, we're going to shut down this whole industry and that whole industry because we don't know how to actually go into individual accounts – and take manner and write it down and document what's actually happening. When I'm sure there's plenty of people out there that would love to have a job, and it's not that hard of a job to, okay, uh, here's your route for the day, and go talk to this bar manager or this retail manager and see how it is. Document it. We'll come and review it, and then assess. And if they need to be fine, they need to be fine. They need to be shut down. They need to be shut down. But it's not that hard to do that. A lot of ways to go about it. Not just not this one. Yeah, you got a liquor commission. You got health right. inspectors. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, it's Department of Business Affairs. Well, yeah. whiskey and all. I mean, we, it started out the, the whole whiskey ring where we had to basically bond every barrel, every every house because people were lying about taxes, lying right. about uh, what was actually in the what juice. Was in there. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. rectifiers yeah. were ruining it. And yeah. guess what? Our government figured it out across the entire country when there was no internet. When there was no airplanes, when there was barely—I don't think there's any cars. <laughs> like yeah. we're literally traveling Bottled by tra- by train and um, by horses for the most part, and they figured it out. Yep. But Big now part of here we are, a hundred and whatever, you know, fifty years later, and still can't figure it out. It's a big part of the Maryland history, and that's why right. a lot of them ended up in what then was the West, exactly. being Kentucky. I mean, that was yeah. Bean, Basil Hayden. You know, they're all, that's where they all started was in the Maryland and the Mid-Atlantic region. But you had to get away from the man, <laughs> the government. Right. Yeah. So then you can get away with less <laughs> yeah. taxation and yeah. uh, and getting away with what you wanted to do. And then eventually Bottle and Bond, which now is still means something, but yeah. it's almost more marketing than anything because regulations otherwise is going to supersede everything. But right. yeah. yeah, we could figure it out then. It's it's. I mean, the Food and Drug Administration Act, I mean, obviously there's horrible things that happened in our country when it came to manufacturing and child forced uh, labor as well and so many other groups coming over from Europe and being taken advantage of but at the same time we've evolved as a society where we can make operations so much closer and easier is what we were talking about uh, the whole online community uh, in the whiskey in the whiskey world was that we're so much more tight-knit we can go out and have these conversations with people online or virtually and when we can do it in person we can go and do it it's not that difficult you crowdsource it put an award an anonymous award, reward program or something together I the world's too small. Like, not, not that anyone wants to be a tattletale. No, 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 no. If you're no, no. at a place and you're but uncomfortable because they're clearly violating, well, leave it. Don't patronize right. them. But it's not ratting then, if it's if it's a, if it's a government Im- right. job. If it's your if you're said, hey, this is my job to be here. I'm employed to be here to do this. Well, uh, I'm saying you could even just get citizens to like. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, hey, I'm here and pound three seven three two. It's an anonymous. Then they send somebody the, in and be like, hey, we've had multiple. Yeah. The only thing I'd be scared with that is that people had a bad experience from a server or something like that, and and then they would send in. But if they're they're not, but if you're not violating anything, true. Okay, well, some guy's a jerk, and instead of giving me a one-star review, he called the department of come check them out. They're violating COVID policies, and no, they're doing everything just fine. All right, unfound claim, but Mm -hmm. I think there's plenty of maybe it would help. I don't know if they're not going to employ a whole staff to come out and check it out. Maybe it just. It's a way, you know, why you're there to begin with. You shouldn't patronize those places right now. And there's some places I love that I have not been going to because yeah. Yeah. I don't want to reward them for not following the, the, the protocols. I don't want to get sick. And, and when this is all said and done, I'll go back and hopefully if, it's all, if they're still there, et cetera. But right now it's like, no, it's not worth 
to my health and if they keep making succeeding by breaking the rules why would they what's the deterrent then have you felt that any of your personal responsibility you have for yourself and your family and i think this whiskey community too has jeopardized business i don't think so it's tricky i think there's some spots that i've gone into that um it was like we were saying last time what what can you ask like There's places, I was just at a spot where we drank the last of it. And I was like, I'm not going to ask for a reorder. Like, this was before we even knew this was coming. It's like, hey, just so you know, that was the end of it. If you get a chance to bring it back in, if you don't, no big deal. And how can, like, look, your two, two bottles isn't going to make or break me. And I don't need to expect them to, to spend that money when we don't know what's happening. So that's the part that's goofy is I, I think there's people that I've seen try to be a little pushy, especially when we're sort of coming, we thought. Right, 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 it's yeah, like, yo, yeah. dude, don't still slow your roll. Like, right, right. Um, there, yeah, I know what you mean. I'll, so, I'll leave the brand names out of it. So, no, for me, I, I think the houses. Hopefully, I've taken. I, I feel like I've taken a very relaxed, very understanding. I'm just here to support and see everybody through. Right. You know, I bought a bunch of gift cards earlier that I'm then will come back and use. Um, you know, for business down the road. Um, you know, bought them from from personal and things like that, and just. Let's just get through it, and and you know yep. there'll be plenty of cocktail lists and plenty of menus and plenty of whiskey to pour and sell when this is all said and done. Yeah. Um, that right now I'm not going to lose any sleep over somebody being out of stock or somebody not wanting. How, how can you pitch for for a whiskey of the month when the places are closing? You know right, what right, we're right, doing right. with this. Like, right. hey, whatever you've got that you can't move, that should be the house of Manhattan. Right, right, right. And when that bottle runs out, find something else in the price <laughs> point that you have and pour that. Um, until we know what the other side of this thing looks like. So for me, yeah, I, I don't know how it's been for you, but yeah, I'm interested in a little bit of it. But um, there's one one place I can think of. I, I did intentionally walk out after there was no staff wearing masks. Um, mm. I think I've talked about it on the podcast before, so I won't bore listeners of that. But I don't think I've lost business overall. No, and the people that I'm sure both of our brands rely on, um, we know they're being safe. Yeah. So. Yeah, been very uh, lucky that way. And but uh, just trying do, to support them all through it. You know? uh, exactly. Best and su- we can. And uh, supporting, we uh, have a bar we record our podcast at opening up in half an hour, so we probably yeah. should uh, <laughs> wrap it up. But um, give out the uh, barrel. The contest winner can win a whole barrel. Friday, yeah. Friday, Friday mm-hmm. the 13th, all that. Friday the 13th, yeah. Yeah, so again, Friday, Friday, Friday the 13th, coming up here at the end of the week. Um, check out sagamorespirit.com um, or at sagamorespirit on all social channels, and you'll see the details of the contest or look at your local liquor store or maybe even at your local whiskey bar if they're still functioning let's hope um (laughs) for a qr code where you can enter and and win um the equivalent to or 240 bottles of whiskey but the cash equivalent which is ten thousand dollars an empty 53 gallon barrel that held sagamore um a trip to baltimore to tour the distillery and do a tasting and um dig in meet you maybe oh hopefully that's the best prize. <laughs> I don't know if that's a deterrent or a prize. <laughs> it depends who you ask. We'll send Jess to meet him. I'll yeah. be submitting. There we so, go. But, uh, yeah, it should be really fun and, and just hoping to have, you know, pay attention to our um, social channels for, for um, other podcasts, virtual events, and, and hopefully a fun day of, of celebrating Ride of the 13th in a, in a very, you know, the last one was right when this started, <laughs> uh, March 13th. Um, wow. So that was, wow. if you think about it, that was... It all so, comes full circle. It's all come around no, full so circle. Pouring whiskey in Denver that <laughs> yeah. night. Yep. Uh. So um, our not our first, well, our first under COVID, but our, but um, the second one of the year, kind of when this all went on. But it, yeah, we'll keep celebrating. It'll be different next year. It'll be different for hopefully other reasons, and this thing will grow into into something else um, as we keep growing. Yeah. But, Beautiful. Um, well, let us know what we can do to blast anything out yep. when that all comes out. 
Appreciate it as always, Brett. That was yeah. Thank you, Brett. Yeah, no, thank you. Thanks for having me. Fast hour. Good wow. to see you, man. Yeah, yeah always. Man. It's good to see you. Well, for uh, Brett Bauer and Sagamore, Bob Zacharias of the Almighty Fountainhead, uh, <laughs> come and support Fountainhead of all you can, folks. Please um, do. Yeah, absolutely. Get a dram or eighteen. Yes. yes. I am Jake Hookie of Star Wars Whiskey. Love having you here. Have a great rest of your week. Cheers. Cheers, guys. Cheers.